grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But, a chosen, but you are a chosen race, the royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging, or a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You may be seated. We like a good ball game, especially if the, we are cheering for the winning team. Some people take these games so seriously, it seems like life itself depended on it. When a team plays, of course, you know three things. First of all, who they are. Second of all, we know they, <clears throat> why they are playing. And third, how the game goes affects the fans. Dearly beloved in Christ Jesus, you have been called by the gospel, gathered into his church, enlightened and made holy and kept in the true faith. I bring you on behalf of Christ our Lord, our text which gives us these three parts, declares who we are in Christ. And second of all, it declares our purpose in Christ and three, our effect on others. This is also that we may have a clear understanding and that we may continue to exist even in this broken world. First of all, who we are. Now, if any of us are on a ball team, we ought to know our team, and so it is in the church. When people join a church, they join for various reasons, because of fellowship, programs, but the question always exists and needs to be answered, who are we? Verse 9 says you are a royal priesthood. That's who we are in Christ, first and foremost. Let's look at those three words, royal, priest, and hood, to show what a wonderful thing the Lord has made us to be. First, royal. We are royal, not the Kansas City royals, but royal as in kings and queens, kings and queens who have authority. They rule in a kingdom, and in Christ we are declared royal. We are made rulers. You are made kings and queens on this earth in his kingdom under Christ the anointed king. And yet, what do I hear? That many of us feel that we're powerless. Well, as sinners, we are powerless, dead in our sin, unable to do anything right towards God. And yet God has raised us to life in the waters of baptism and he has anointed us as royalty, kings and queens on the earth with great authority. How dare we ever speak against the God who has redeemed us and given us such authority even over Satan himself. For as kings and queens, you are given the most powerful authority there is in the universe. It is authority that the world, the devil, and death cannot overcome. It is the power, very power of God, the power for life. It is the power of the forgiveness of sins. We don't have to wait for Christ to return to exercise this ruling during some blissful thousand years we are given this power to use today. Today, we rule. Today, 
we are kings and queens on this earth to rule with Christ through the forgiveness of sins. We are power hitters in today's game of life. We are royal. Priests. In 1 Peter, we are called priests. And priests, of course, are mediators between God and others. The Old Testament priests offered sacrifices, and some sacrifices were given for thanksgiving to God, and other sacrifices, of course, were given for the forgiveness of sins. That was to announce and to assure people that their sins were forgiven, much like what happens for us today in the Lord's Supper. The Old Testament priestly work of offering sacrifices for sin, of course, is fulfilled in Christ. He not only became priest to offer the sacrifice for forgiveness of sins, but he is the sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. In his sacrifice, or this sacrifice, we are to proclaim. It is a sacrifice that we are to give thanks for. And yet in baptism, we are ordained his priests. So now we are made priests in his likeness, as in Romans chapter 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, in the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It is what we do over and beyond what happens here this morning, in this hour and, this Bible and the Bible class afterwards. Here, the Lord comes to you. There, you bring the Lord to them. It is offering yourselves to others, giving of yourselves, and here's the important reason, because Jesus has given himself to you. In order to play ball, there are times that we have to sacrifice for the team. Living the Christian life is no different. It's not cheap. It costs. It costs more than money in the offering plate. It costs you your very life it is giving ourselves away to others and yet as you give yourself away you are not alone as jesus was we are royal priests in a royal priesthood which brings us to the third part of who we are the royal priesthood the hood means that you're a part of the team we are a part of the community. We are, each one of us is a member of the church at large. We are the body of Christ. And in other words, we are not alone and we are not to function alone. We are to bear not only one another's burdens, but also to work together and to have our joys together. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. So the royal priest means being a player sacrificing oneself, being a part of the team. That's the royal priesthood. And so we come to our second point, the purpose for the royal priesthood. The excitement is to go on. The royal priesthood is to declare the excellencies, as verse 9 says, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Now, the purpose of a good game, of course, is to get excited and to cheer our team on and to see the winner. A good game builds confidence in the winning team, and it motivates people to be interested. For in Christ, the game has already happened on a grand scale and is now being, take, is now being played out in each one of our lives. Christ, our professional ball player, and the winning team, because he's already won the World Series. We don't have to worry about who's going to win the game. We know, and that's the good news, because he did it. What will it take for people to be convinced, to be confident in their lives? Jesus knows it cost him his very life. For those that are 10 years old and under, can I have you raise your hand if you like to play ball? Yep, you like to play ball. I wonder why. It's a whole lot better than watching it on TV, isn't it? Yep. As children, we have our favorite players. Uh, Adults do too. We're just grown up kids, aren't we? We see younger ones imitating their favorite player. An excited child isn't just excited about watching it on TV, but he wants or she wants to play too. Through baptism, you are all made players with Christ, and he's teaching us how to play the game of life. For in baptism, a miracle has happened. God has changed us into saints and the player, a member of the team. He has canceled our old priorities and given us His. He gives us His gift to increase our understanding of the game. God is taking us from being just a spectator to a player in the game of life. Not for ourselves, but for others for their eternal life. From being just a cheerleader on the sidelines to a ball carrier for others, God has made us priests to carry the sins of others to God and then to go ahead and announce from God the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins. And yet, many times we're not all that excited, are we? I see it at the Lord's table. You know, Many faces are come up here, droopy, somber. Every once in a while, I even find someone who is afraid to lift their head. Well, yeah, the Lord's Supper is serious, as we're reminded, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. But we've already confessed our sins. We've already recognized the body of the Lord, not only here at the table, but also as a congregation, the body of Christ. You know what the Lord's Supper means, that your old self has died with the forgiveness of sins, and that's good news for us in Christ Jesus. So that Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, it is the Lord's death that you proclaim. So when you come up here, 
You are preaching a joyful sermon. For the very act, by the very act of receiving, it is the Lord's death that we proclaim for us, for them. That's our purpose. For we know who we are. We know our purpose. Now for the third point, that this joy is not only for worship, but if we read further in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when you speak so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You know, the world puts a lot of pressure on us, doesn't it? To conform. Yep. You see it even in the relationships of young people and how they sometimes get things out of order. I once had a couple in a pre-marriage counseling situation. Pastor, we're getting pressured by our friends because we haven't been together. And they described it as they haven't tried out the car, so to speak. We are to live our lives among others. Look at the players after they've won the game. They go ahead and they declare their victory, don't they? And it's not just in the stadium. It goes from every television set, every phone, and wherever they are. And they remember years and years later. So also, we have been given the victory in Christ Jesus so that the spectators will get excited for the winning team. And that's the purpose for living out our royal priesthood, to declare the excellencies of God so that others who are not yet a part of God's family may also rejoice. Good things come not because you need them for heaven, because you're, but because your neighbor needs them. Your help, your patience, your prayers, your sacrifice, your exercise of your royal priesthood. A part of the game is being active in our world as teachers and doctors and laborers or whatever it may be that God has given you to do as husbands and wives, as parents, as grandparents, as children, to provide for the world so that they finally can proclaim that God is good. In a ball team, or in a ball game, some people act as if their life depended on it. In this game of life, yes, people's lives do depend on what we do in the name of Christ. As the royal priesthood of believers, our children, our parents, our neighbor, our community, our world, they need to know that Christ has already won the victory. And we'll begin to see the effect that, it has, that Christians have on the world. Oh, there's a lot of bad things out there, but you know what? If you just look at each person or one person that the gospel has touched, people who have been lost, and see the goodness of God in your life. They rejoice over what is being done by Christians. Now once one comes to believe and is baptized, 
they're not just left as a spectator, just receiving the gifts of the Lord, but seeing the gifts of the Lord work for others, they too get excited and to share by inviting us to be spectators, or excuse me, by God inviting us to be spectators, he turns us into players in his kingdom so that others will become spectators and they also will become players as well. We are a royal priesthood. With the royal authority of the forgiveness of sins, we are priests forgiving on behalf of Christ. We are a priesthood, a part of the community, the communion of saints. We are holy Christian church, the royal priesthood in this game of life. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.